0: I'm Roy Lee Lindsay with the North Carolina Pork Council, and I want everyone to remember bacon makes everything better. Hey folks, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Today's featured guest leads the organization that oversees the athletic programs at more than 430 public high schools here in North Carolina. In recent years, she also has been locked in a battle with members of the North Carolina State Legislature over the way our state's high school athletics should be governed and managed and how certain athletic-related money should be distributed to her organization's member schools. Marilyn Q. Tucker has been with the North Carolina High School Athletic Association since 1991 and became its commissioner in 2015. She's originally from Rockingham County, North Carolina, north of Greensboro, where she was an outstanding student and athlete at Stoneville High School. She then played basketball at what's now called Mars Hill University, north of Asheville, and she later became a member of that school's Athletic Hall of Fame. She earned a master's degree in physical education at UNC Greensboro, where she also served as a graduate assistant coach for the women's volleyball and women's basketball teams. She also has served as a game official in basketball, softball, and volleyball. A very successful head coach in women's basketball and women's volleyball at Reedsville Senior High School. She then worked as an assistant basketball coach at NC State University under the legendary coach Kay Yao before accepting a job offer from Charlie Adams, then the NCHSAA commissioner back in 1991. When she accepted the commissioner's job in 2015, she became just the second black female ever in charge of any state's high school athletic program. Recently, after a September vote that went almost entirely along party lines, A Republican-sponsored bill, SB 452, became the law of North Carolina, although it doesn't take full effect until next summer, meaning the July 1st official beginning of the 2024-25 school year. Under this new law, if the NCHSAA is going to continue as the 501c3 nonprofit entity administering high school athletics, then the NCHSAA must negotiate a new memorandum of understanding with the State Superintendent of Public Instruction, currently a woman named Catherine Truitt, for 2024-2025. The person in this position has never been directly involved in high school athletics in our state. If they don't strike that new memorandum of understanding, a branch of the North Carolina government, rather than the organization that has been in charge since 1913, will be governing high school sports in our state starting next summer. As we welcome Q Tucker into the David Glenn Show, one quick reminder, I am a better person and a more effective business owner for having known and learned from Emily Parks over many years now. Emily's company, organized for Success, helps multi-passionate business owners and executives bring harmony to all the layers of their lives, from work to side projects, from friends and family to hobbies, community, and beyond. With Emily's help, you too can make every minute matter. She helps you determine what earns your time and how to efficiently accomplish what matters. One of the many things I love about Emily is that she doesn't impose her will on her clients. She listens to them. That way, she can better help them cultivate the lives they want to live. You can set up a complimentary call with Emily today by visiting... Organizeforsuccess.com. That's organize F O R Success.com. Okay, without further ado, we welcome today's very special guest. She has worked for the North Carolina High School Athletic Association in various capacities since 1991, and she became its commissioner in 2015. She and the NCHSAA are continuing to go about their business of governing high school sports here in North Carolina, just as that organization has done since, wait for it, 1913, but they're also currently involved in an unprecedented confrontation of sorts with the North Carolina State Legislature, which recently passed a law designed to strip the organization of much of its power and influence. Commissioner Q Tucker, welcome to the David Glenn Show and the new North Carolina Sports Network. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much, and uh, hello to you, and thank you for this opportunity to talk high school athletics. It's great to be able to speak with you. Let's start with a couple of hopefully fun topics before we get into some of the wild and crazy stuff you and your staff have been dealing with lately. First, based on what I understand to be the first name on your birth certificate, folks might have been calling you Marilyn all of these years. How did you end up? And for folks to to realize, the, the name is Q, not the letter, but the letter Q followed by U-E. How did you pick Q as everyone refers to you?
1: Well, my mom uh, and, and I, of course, had a great aunt whose middle name was Q. And I was the firstborn. Um, and my mom liked that name. And so she decided that that would be my middle name. And of course, my first name is Marilyn. And the first three letters of my first name correspond to the first three letters of the husband of the great aunt. So she kept that right in the family, so to speak. And uh, I became Marilyn Q. Tucker. And, uh, you know, many people, when you go to school, uh, teachers call you by whatever is first uh, your first name. And so for years, I was Maryland until, you know, I would say to people, no, my name is Q. Call me Q. And uh, and that and that has, uh, you know, generated a lot of conversation, David, because you're right. A lot of people want to think, well, what does Q stand for? Well, it's yeah, right. For you <laughs>
0: That's kind of cool. Like, it's it's almost like you're an entertainer with a special entertainer's name. But I had been yes. curious about that for a long time, haven't seen your name many, many times. Now we know. Okay, right. next, 30-plus um, years with the NCHSAA. And you are, before you joined us, Q, I gave a little bit of your background to, to familiarize folks with just who you are and where you're from. Uh, you are a former high school and college athlete yourself. In the big, broad picture, what are the changes to high school sports that you have been either most proud of or most happy to see over those three plus decades where you have been part of the NCHSAA?
1: Well, uh, certainly I'm, I'm really pleased that Charlie Adams gave me the opportunity to join the association. And I'm really pleased and proud of the student services program that we were able to begin Uh, in 1991, and the difference I think we made as we started trying to provide some resources, some trainings um, in my traveling around as a part of the association, I can tell you there's nothing finer than being able to get into the counties. We have 100 counties in North Carolina. Now, unfortunately, I haven't been in every single member school But I've been, I think, in every county we have in North Carolina. And that's really, really special. Last uh, Two years ago, I was able to get up to Hiawassee Dam, and it is the farthest west school. And the one school that's the farthest east, as I look at it, is Ocracoke. I have not been to Ocracoke. And of course, that is on my bucket list, and it is going to be one of the things that I try to do uh, before I finish my
0: time here with the association. That would be impressive. I'm a transplant from Pennsylvania. I've been here since 1987, and I believe I've been to about 60 or 70 counties. Uh, so you as a lifelong North Carolinian, you have a little bit of a head start on me, uh, but it is it is a reflection of our great state, uh, and it's, it's variety, really, just as you deal with in the high school sports context. Okay, let's fast forward to 2023. A law was passed recently, that does threaten your organization's authority moving forward in a way we have not seen in 110 years of the NCHSAA's existence. What's the best way to explain, let's say, to an average North Carolinian who maybe has not been paying close attention to this topic to understand the impact of this new law on your world and how high school sports are going to be governed here in North Carolina moving forward? Well, I think the most immediate uh, and and obvious way
1: that the general public will see what has happened will come in the financial impact that the bill creates uh, or the impact it makes on our ability to be able to operate on a yearly basis. Many people just do not understand that we depend on corporate partnerships we depend obviously on our playoffs to generate some of the shares of the gate receipts. And so that has been limited by this bill. And so what will happen is that resources will change in that we may not be able to provide free resources that we've been able to do. We may not be able to continue to offer state championships in those collegiate venues or those corporate venues because of the financial impact on this organization. So we always want to create, take a moment in a state championship, which is a moment, and create a memory. And we've been pleased that we've been able to do that. That will limit the ability for that to happen. One of the ways that also our student athletes and the general public might see is that we are limited in our ability to give scholarships uh, and grants. And those scholarships have been used to help our schools enhance their uh, athletic programs, their educational piece of their program. Uh, We've been able to offer some scholarships that weren't necessarily donor directed, but because our board of directors years ago recognized, we need to recognize student athletes who participate in our program. And so some of those endowed dollars that the board has been able to say, this is where we want those to go, uh, we will be limited in how we're able to do that. And actually, David, the language says we cannot give scholarships and grants. And so we will struggle and in trying to figure out how we will make that happen. And then the last thing that I'll mention is that the law says that the State Board of Education is to select an administering organization. So nowhere in that bill does it say the NCHSAA Hmm. will be that organization. So we have to work with the State Board of Education, work with the Superintendent of Public Instruction to sign another Memorandum of Understanding so that we can be that organization. And uh, we have 436 member schools, and I think our member schools will have to take a hard look at the law and make a decision. Is this the direction we want to go since now any decision that this organization Uh, Makes Whereas our board of directors has been able to do that in the past at the direction of our membership. Well, now uh, we have to run things by the, the state board of education. We have to send it over to the superintendent of public instruction. And that's a real change.
2: The oldest restaurant in New Hanover County has a brand new look, feel and taste, making it the number one place for great food in Wrightsville Beach. Owner Jimmy Galise and his wife Keaton have poured their hearts and soul into the reformation of this North Carolina coastal classic restaurant and the impact has been fantastic. King Neptune serves fresh fish, chicken and steak and has an amazing wine and spirits to lift your dining experience to make it the best at the beach. Come taste the creations of Chef Chavez and you'll know that you have tasted a little bit of heaven right there in Wrightsville Beach. That's King Neptune. Call them at 910-239-3055 and make your reservation now. King Neptune in Wrightsville Beach, a proud partner of the North Carolina Sports Network.
0: In sports, we talk a lot about impact players who make a positive difference. When it comes to our state's economy, the North Carolina pork industry is a true MVP. Each year, the pork industry plays an important role in supporting rural communities across our state. It contributes more than $10 billion a year to the North Carolina economy and supports more than 44,000 jobs. Learn more about their positive impact at ncpork.org. The North Carolina Pork Council, the foundational partner of the North Carolina Sports Network. Q Tucker is joining us here on the David Glenn show. The best I can tell as someone who has loved high school sports here in North Carolina, one of my children played at Millbrook High School here in Raleigh. So I and I even as a as a leader, I even have an appreciation for you have to deal with officiating issues, angry parents, brawls on the field, discipline stuff. I, I wouldn't want your job, Q. But best best I can tell. And correct me if I get any of this wrong. Things were going relatively normally from 2015 when you took over as commissioner until sort of the end of 2019. And then Anson High School is disqualified from the North Carolina High School football playoffs after a brawl on the field. They lose an appeal, which this cracked me up. A state senator in that district named Tom McKinnis actually led the appeal, which was, I didn't know politicians did those things. Do these last four years of scrutiny and sometimes angry debate with your organization, do they really stem from a state senator who didn't get his way, you know, four years ago? Well,
1: as best I can tell you, that's what kickstarted it. Now, it didn't help that COVID occurred, right. but that stirred the pot. So the waters were moving, so to speak. And then when COVID hit and we had to shut down, there were those people who were not happy that we were following the executive orders that were issued by the governor that said we could not have sports or we had to have it with limited spectators in the facility. Yeah. And so all of that, it was like a perfect storm. It came together. We're not doing things that the general public wants as it relates to being able to get into these gyms and see these sports. We're not playing sports until after uh, the beginning of 2021 because of COVID. And so you had all of that working with the fact that we had this school, this was the first time we had come along and said, okay, uh, too many ejections, by rule, you are ineligible for the playoffs. So uh, I think it's fair to say that it stemmed from all of those
0: pieces. It's interesting. There have always been people upset with a decision that you or a board have to make. That's not new. What seems new is that the decision to allow more sports or less sports was a politically angry issue, right? How to handle COVID in a broad sense, way beyond high school sports, was a politically angry issue in a way. I don't know if I've seen in my lifetime uh, in America, just sports issues, other issues, they're just so intensely divided. Um, Am I accurate to say that when you deal with the State Board of Education, that seems like a more functional relationship, the best that I can tell. And yet, under the new rules, you have to deal with a specifically Republican-appointed superintendent. I don't like to be cynical, Q, but I do like to be practical. I'd like to be realistic. From the outside, it looks like Angry Republicans don't want you working with a more amenable board, and they want you to have to deal with a Republican that may or may not treat you very fairly. That's what it looks like from the outside, and they just use the levers of power to shift your new your governmental partner from a functional partner to a politically divisive partner. <laughs> Am I being realistic with this?
1: Well, obviously that's the way this law really states now, and you're right in that we have for years, we've always worked with the State Board of Education even before all of this involvement because many of our rules are State Board of Education rules, so we've always had a, a great relationship. We have always had someone sitting on our board of directors who is that liaison with State Board, with Department of Public Instruction. So when House Bill 91 was passed, and then we had to sign that uh, memorandum of understanding, State Board of Education leadership, along with the leadership of this organization and my staff, we have been able to work together over the course of this past year, dealing with appeals, uh, dealing with questions about some of the eligibility rules. So I have to give Eric Davis and and his uh, leadership team a lot of credit for their willingness to really try to make that House Bill 91, which became a law, to make it work. But then as you say, the uh, apple cart was upset uh, (laughs) for whatever reason. Uh, so I think at some point in time it may be safe to say that the state board of education didn't do what some of the politicians wanted, and therefore we've got to find a different way to get what we want.
0: I have a very logical brain cue, and I actually practiced law for seventeen years, and i have I have mediation training, and one of the things they teach you to do in mediation. I would have to not assume whether you were a great person, a bad person, a great uh, commissioner, a bad. I, I would I would be told not to assume good or bad about you, not to assume good or bad about the legislature, and I would be tr- I would be taught to look for third parties that could vouch for one version of reality or the other. And here's the part of your story that has my brain like with smoke coming out my ears. I would go to the athletic directors of the state of North Carolina, and I would go to the coaches of the state of North Carolina, who have infinitely more knowledge than 99% of North Carolinians about you, your staff, how you do your jobs, all that. In this story, both the athletic, I have to look up the names of the organizations, you know them, both the coaches association and the athletic directors association came out with statements saying no world is perfect, but Q and her staff are really good at doing their jobs. And the NCHSAA are really, really good in an imperfect world. Occasionally we might be upset, but like they're the best people for the job. I guess my question is, do the, I would place an enormous amount of weight, whether I knew you or not on those people's opinions Do you believe such statements fall on deaf ears or could they carry weight as you have to negotiate a new memorandum of understanding or or just dive into your new world?
1: Well, I think you're right. We've had tremendous support from those two organizations. We've had tremendous uh, support from the National Federation. Uh, You can ask any of the other state associations across the country what do you do that's really different than North Carolina? And just about all of them will say, we operate the same. Uh, we, we do the same thing. Our boards of directors make those decisions. The politicians, yeah, they go sniffing around occasionally and they want to know something that they can take back to their constituents. So everyone would say, uh, you know, from a national perspective that, Uh, we're doing what they do typically. Uh, So they've been surprised. So I guess really and truly as we move forward, one of the things that we will have to do is to see how those organizations, as you mentioned, the North Carolina Coaches Association and the Athletic Directors Association who are based, those organizations based right here in North Carolina, what can they do to help with the people who will be making the decisions now. And I can tell you that the Athletic Directors Association has already reached out to the current superintendent of public instruction to talk about this organization, to talk about their role in what our, daily, what our staff does on a daily basis to try to help educate. Because again, David, I think people just do not understand The people who come in this building every day, there are about 15 of us. We come into the building every day. We're working for 436 member schools. We take our marching orders from them through our board of directors who are nominated and voted on by this membership. So it isn't like our staff is doing all of this, uh, making decisions on a daily basis without having something to to give us validity to do what we do. And so I do think it is important that the powers that be, be they legislators down on Jones Street, or they happen to be in the state board or sitting on the state board of education or in that superintendent's office, that they understand that we need to listen to more people than just a few who are mad because perhaps a student was ruled ineligible. Perhaps ineligible players participated and they lost a state championship
0: title. Q Tucker is the commissioner of the North Carolina High School Athletic Association, joining us on the David Glenn Show. From the outside, one of the I think there's a lot of bad faith arguments. We use that phrase in the legal world a lot from the state legislature. Just, just flat out to my objective eyes, bad faith arguments. There are other fair questions, at least as I see them, one of them being, and I'm sure you weren't offended to be asked, uh, why does the North Carolina High School Athletic Association, it's kind of a good problem to have, carry in an endowment, the number that I read was $40 million. Mm-hmm. So once legislatures are mad, they're going to scrutinize everything, and we all live in a world where money it drives a lot of things. Right. What is the best way for the typical North Carolinian to understand uh, my my reading of it is that you all carry a larger endowment than other state high school athletic associations. W- what's the bottom line there? As you had to respond to those questions, and I know did during COVID distribute more than usual funds so that people could keep operating.
1: So, David, yes, we probably have had a larger endowment than many other state associations. And part of that has to do with the fact that Charlie Adams in 1991, he he was a strong visionary. He recognized that at some point in time, we're going to be faced with one of those rainy day situations where our schools will need us. And so the idea was, let's create an endowment. And he was able to talk to the board of directors at that time. The decision was made. The membership, some liked it, some didn't. And the way we started to grow that endowment back in 1991 was with a dollar surcharge. And the idea also would be that folks would be given an opportunity to give money to the endowment with the understanding that this is going to um, help preserve and make sure that high school athletics can continue for generations to come. So we started in 91, many state associations didn't. And and just uh, coincidentally, Charlie Adams crisscrossed the country talking about the endowment Especially after two or three years when it started to grow. The idea was we'll take a dollar surcharge, it'll go into the endowment, we won't touch it, we'll grow it to a point where then we can start to generate the interest. And so that happened. And it took a while for us to be able to get to a point where the boards of directors recognized that, you know what, there's enough interest now that we can make a difference and that there's enough that if you give some of it, it, every school can benefit. The boards of directors said, let's look at this. They did, they started to recognize we can start to do some things, we did. And then the it, it just continued to the point that we were able to say every year, here's a formula. Every year we'll apply the formula. We'll be able to give monies back. Now, let's fast forward then to uh, 2019 um, when all of this hit. Well, 2020, really, when they started talking about uh, COVID and we started to get the interference from the General Assembly, they started looking at the endowment and trying to read our um, 990s. Well, they see that the net assets of this organization were $42 million back in 2021. Well, that wasn't just, that wasn't a, a true picture. A portion of that net asset was, yes, it was the endowed dollars that we could not touch. They were donor-directed dollars. Then there were some dollars that were quasi-endowments, meaning the board has said these dollars, we need to be able to use these dollars so that we can help our schools because that's what we intended to do. And so you were talking about perhaps closer to $30 million at that time that were dollars that we really couldn't do anything with. Throw in the fact that the net assets included this building. We actually come to every day. It included any vehicles that we, that the association owns. So it wasn't a true picture of what that number was. And then when you add in What our operating expenses were, which at that time were close to $5 million. The board had said you need to have a reserve. So we had about a two-year reserve. So if you say two years, and it's $5 million to operate yearly, we were anywhere from $12 to $15 million that were then available for us to operate on a day on a yearly basis plus having that reserve. So you subtract even just that, subtract that $15 million from the $42 million. Now you start to see that, oh, this is not quite like what we we're what we thinking. So now, obviously, the market has changed and all of that. Certainly, our net asset is not what it was uh, a few years ago. So we're looking at closer now to the endowment sitting at about $26 million. Um, and, you know, you always are hoping that the market will be good so that the interest goes back up. But fortunately, through all of this, David, we have continued to write a check to every member school in the association. And this past September, late August, early September, every school received at least $2,000 based on the way the investment committee had come up with how
0: we give those monies back. Q, my next question is one that I totally understand if you have to sidestep, because I've been around for a long time. But I want to share something quickly with you. There was a female athletic director uh, who I got to know very well. And in a private setting, unlike what we have right now where anybody can watch, I just asked her, she was a trailblazer, of course. She happened to be a white female. and I said, "I know the answer to this question, but I want to hear your answer. Do jet gen- coaches are generally older white men, especially back when I asked this question. Do older white men typically respond differently when they're being told something they don't want to hear from a female athletic director, which is far into them, especially back when I asked the question?" And she's like, David, you know the answer to the question, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. So in a private setting, she, she kind of confirmed my belief. Now, I don't know the most delicate, respectful way to ask this question, but you have another layer of complexity. And I've been in North Carolina for 37 years, and I know a lot of old white dudes that will not respond the same way if it is a black female telling them something they don't want to hear. Now, again, if you have to sidestep that question, I get it. Uh, But I remember when somebody was talking about dissolving the NCHSAA a few years ago, you did say publicly, hey, you know, there might be something going on with the fact that I am who I am. Uh, So with that long-winded question, or it's not even a question hardly, what light can you shed on this corner of our universe? Well, I think the
1: best way to do it is, is for me to start this way. I can't escape the fact that I am female and that I am a Black female. Um, that's a given. When you see me, I am who I am. <laughs> um, and so, uh, and you can't escape the fact that Charlie Adams was a white male and that Davis Whitfield is a white male. And that those two, you know, they preceded me. Never did we have the involvement from the General Assembly, from the State Board of Education, as we've had since 2019 and to the current date. So I think I would rather, David, leave it to the listeners yep. to make their decision about why do you think that is? You know, do I resent the fact that I have done the same things that those guys did in terms of walking hand in glove with our boards of directors, that I have tried to be true to our core values, our mission of providing leadership and governance for all of the student athletes who participate in in, in interscholastic athletics designed to support and enrich the educational experiences. I've done the same things. I haven't deviated from that. And so I do resent the fact that I, in 2023, that I sit in the same chair, not even a different chair, but the same chair that those two guys sat in. And here we find ourselves trying to defend who we are And what we're trying to do as we just help guide and lead education-based athletics in this state, it's a sad day when we get to where we are today and we have to talk about this. But all we have to do is expand our view and look at what's happening nationally in a lot of areas where we thought we'd come a long way. Yeah. And now it seems like we've stepped backwards. I feel that same way in
0: terms of what I am doing today. I respect that answer a lot. Uh, If I were the four-person on a jury evaluating this issue, uh, I would say there's absolutely positively no doubt that it is one piece of the puzzle. It's not the whole puzzle. I don't know how big a piece it is, but I respect how you answered the question. Just from my perspective, there's no doubt that it is part of this reality. Uh, we're going to get you out of here on something we call a lightning round, which is just kind of fun, goofy, short, short answers. But before we get to that last thing, uh, sort of on the meat and potatoes here, I'm in my mid fifties queue, and I'm at that point in life w- where if a job description deals with a lot of unreasonable people, it's off the table. Like I've, I've just had enough of it. Uh, the young kids often say, Mr. Glenn has run out of bleeps to give. If you know that phrase. Uh, you're, you're slightly older than I. I'm not going to put a number on it. I don't know the number. But remind us, why, why do you do this still at this stage of life, whereas you do have to catch some javelins, as a former president once said? I do it because
1: uh, I love what education-based athletics can do for young people the lessons we learn, the the citizens that we're able to influence and impact through education-based athletics, it just means the world to me. I participated in high school athletics. I participated at the collegiate level. I've had the opportunity to coach it at every level, middle school, high school, collegiately. And so it's been a part of my fabric, the very essence of who I am. And so I've continued to do it because I love what I do. I love the young people who I don't get to interact nearly as much as I would like to, but who I know are a part of our programs. I see them at our state championships. I see them in our student athlete uh, advisory council and interact with them. So I love that part. I also love the relationships that I have built over time, the athletic directors, the coaches, the principals. And yes, there's still a few of those superintendents who were there when, are still there when I started and so the relationships just mean a lot but i must admit it was a lot more fun a few years ago than it is today but i'm here because i love my staff and i do not want to leave it to chance in terms of who will sit in this chair before we can get to a point where we take where you know we're going to be at that at that crossroads Um, And we'll have to go right or we've got to go left. And I'd like to be here for my staff to help see if that decision is going to be what's in the best interest for them. I may not be able to control it, but I'd like to be here with them. So I plan to stay a little while longer and see what the end will be.
2: The original Salt Works has been serving the Wilmington area for over 50 years. Owner Bob Hubbard and his staff create a welcome atmosphere to go along with their home-cooked breakfast and lunch that simply cannot be rivaled anywhere in North Carolina. Eggs, waffles, hot dogs, crab cakes, and the best grits in the state. The original Saltworks, a proud partner of the North Carolina Sports Network. Sport Clips is like no other place you've ever gotten your haircut. Sports everywhere, TVs everywhere, playing sports and guy smart stylists who know how to give you the haircut you want and the haircut you need. You don't ever need an appointment, walk-ins are welcome and you'll walk out feeling like an MVP, guaranteed. Be sure to ask about the MVP experience as it's something you just can't put into words. Awesome haircut, hot steam towel, invigorating shampoo, neck and shoulder treatment. It takes a haircut and turns it into an event. Sport Clips a proud partner of the North Carolina Sports Network. So the lightning
0: round is kind of designed to let us get to know you a little bit better. Short answers on these. We like to brag with our statewide audience that we're one of the only states in the whole country that has beach houses and lake houses and mountain houses. Most don't have all three of those. You personally and or your family, what would be your pecking order among beach houses, mountain houses, or lake houses? Uh,
1: mountain houses um lake houses and then beach houses
0: one or two favorite vacation destinations anywhere in the world or around the united states i love hawaii have had an opportunity to
1: to even take my mom with me there so that's a great great place to visit i uh, love to be able to go back sometime and maybe not be work-related. Uh, stateside, I would say uh, that one's kind of tough. It's hard to beat North Carolina when you it start is. thinking of other states, so I'll skip on
0: that one. Favorite bands or musicians at any stage of your life? Gladys nine and the Pips. I love- any one of these. Oh, yeah, a a yeah. favorite author, a favorite actress, actor, or artist. Any one of those. Uh, favorite author perhaps is,
1: uh, Grisham, uh, favorite
0: actor is Harrison Ford. Nice. And finally, our title sponsor here at the David Glenn show is the North Carolina Pork Council. Do you have a favorite among Eastern style barbecue, Western style barbecue, bacon, pork chops, or anything else? Well, I, I love the, um, I'm from Reedsville, and so we have Short
1: Sugars Barbecue, and I think it's it's not Eastern, but I really like what I get in the Triad area. And I know Lexington just finished their uh, big barbecue festival. Yes. But you know what? I can go East and eat it. I can go West and eat it, and I can stay in the middle and
0: eat it. That's how you bring people together, Q. Uh, Thank you so much. This has been a really fun visit. Um, I've respected you and your work and your staff from afar for a long time. So I'm glad we got to just chat a little bit and get to know each other as you're in this uh, somewhat chaotic stage of your career. Appreciate you joining us today.
1: Thank you so much. I've enjoyed this time together.
0: Okay, that'll do it for today's edition of the program. One last thing, our weekly reminder, please subscribe to our official YouTube channel, instagram and twitter accounts here at the north carolina sports network remember our social media handle is at the nc sports net at t-h-e-n-c sports n-e-t when you subscribe to our youtube channel some of our stuff has tens of thousands of followers the youtube channel is newer and we're almost at a thousand now remember that it is free And it's as easy as clicking the subscribe button next to this video box where you're seeing me right now, perhaps. If you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you're automatically eligible for very cool prizes, including free tickets to upcoming college and pro sporting events, free concert tickets. You can attend with or without me. Someone invited Maria and me to join them, and we did. Free rounds of golf, again, with or without me. Free dinners at some of North Carolina's best restaurants with or without me, including our friends at King Neptune in Wrightsville Beach, and The Oak here on Lake Boone Trail in Raleigh. We recently gave away one grand prize. The winner had about 10 options and selected four lower level tickets to a Carolina Panthers home game, and they actually got to see a Panthers victory. Maybe some DG Show mojo working there. We also gave away about a dozen smaller prizes, and we are going to be randomly drawing more winners again When we hit that 1,000 subscriber mark, that threshold is just around the corner, so please subscribe today if you haven't done so already. Again, it is free and simple. Whether you're subscriber number one or number 999, you do remain eligible for all the prizes we'll be giving out in the coming weeks and months. The David Glenn Show is an exclusive production of the North Carolina Sports Network. Executive producer Mike Waddell, the founding partner of NCSN, is the North Carolina Pork Council. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for spending some time with us today on the David Glenn Show. We look forward to seeing you again, maybe even at an upcoming Old North State Tailgate and Traveling Sports Circus stop. Have a great week. We look forward to seeing you next time right here on the North Carolina Sports Network.